My name is uh, Adeladu Skilangi. I teach law at uh, St. Augustine University of Tanzania in Mwanza. But I also serve in the African Union Commission on International Law as a member and currently as a president. I'm going to make a presentation about the African Union Commission on International Law. Uh, this is one of the bodies, organs, uh, that were established by the African Union to deal with matters of international law. Uh, its establishment uh, has sparked a lot of enthusiasm uh, around the world as to uh, what is the purpose of establishing such an institution, what is its mandate, uh, what function is it supposed to carry out, and what has it done so far. And therefore, in my presentation, I'm going to focus on uh, about three, four items. Uh, the first, I would want to talk about the establishment of the African Union Commission on International Law. And then secondly, I will talk about the reasons uh, for establishment of this uh, commission. I'll uh, briefly talk about the mandate which was given to this uh, commission, and then finally talk about the implementation of the mandate uh, for the commission. Of course, I'll also briefly talk about the challenges that we think uh, this commission is facing. Um, if you talk about the establishment of the African Union Commission on International Law, you necessarily have to go back uh, uh, down history. And uh, down the history line in 1964, uh, the assembly of uh, heads of state of African countries uh, thought of establishing a commission of jurists. But they simply established it as a commission of jurists, which would be uh, an organ uh, of the organization, the then organization of African unity. But they did not give it much thought, and they did not uh, provide a detailed account of what would be its uh, functions and duties. However, once uh, the Af Organization of African Unity was established, that was in 1963, and in 1964, this Commission of Jurists was established, uh, the African continent uh, first a number of problems, which actually in, in their totality would say they would need the invocation of international law. These were issues like uh, the problem of colonialism, apartheid, uh, the problem of refugees, um, the problem of uh, privileges and immunities of the Organization of African Unity uh, now that it was established. Um, there arose issues of relations between the Organization of African Unity as an organization and other international organizations like the United Nations. Uh, there arose also questions of border conflicts, armed conflicts within um, African member states or between member states, coup d'etats in various places in Africa, uh, the problem of interference in the internal affairs of the African states, the need for economic cooperation for development among African uh, countries, uh, the, the question of promoting uh, international trade, uh, the issue of human rights, 
democratic governance, elections, and many other issues. All these issues uh, brought a realization in the African continent that uh, there is need to promote uh, the use of international law because, as I've spoken, all these issues have international law implications in them. Uh, but maybe it took, uh, it took some time before the African continent made its mind that uh, I think we need to have a commission on international law which would uh, uh, cut on all these issues that I've talked about from an international law uh, perspective. And uh, we see in the year 2004, uh, the Executive Council of the African Union in its uh, fifth ordinary session in July of that year, recommended to the Assembly of the African Union about the need to establish a commission of international law. Indeed, the Assembly, in its uh, January uh, 2005 session, adopted a decision to establish a commission uh, of international law for the African Union. After that, what followed was uh, drafting of the statute for the African Union Commission on International Law, and this was in the year 2009. Having drafted the statute, which was adopted in the same year, actually in February uh, of that year, uh, then uh, the Assembly of the African Union uh, appointed the 11 commissioners who then formed the African Union Commission on International Law. And the names of the commissioners are first, uh, Mr. Rafa Ben Ashu from Tunisia, Mr. Nkurunzinza Donasien from Burundi, but he resigned and his place was taken by Mr. Daniel Makiese Mwanawanzambi from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And then uh, number three, uh, Lilian Bokeye Mahiri Zaja from Kenya, but she also resigned and she has not been uh, replaced so far, uh, up to now. Uh, then Mr. Kolesani Solo from Botswana, Atanasio Tembo from uh, Malawi, Ebenezer Apreku from Ghana, uh, Minelik Alem Getahun from Ethiopia, uh, Filali Kamel from Algeria, Adeladu Skilangi from Tanzania, that is myself, Braze Chikaya from Congo, and Ashay Tidian Cham from Senegal. Um, when the Commission on International Law of the African Union was established, immediately a number of questions arose. And these questions were being raised from within the African continent and also outside the African uh, con continent. And uh, some of these questions were expressing curiosity, others expressing enthusiasm, others expressing optimism, others expressing pessimism, others simply expressing surprise about this decision. And I think some of the questions uh, were caused by the fact that probably it appears that uh, Africa is the only continent in the world uh, to establish its own uh, commission on international law, because otherwise we know uh, we have the International Law Commission, the Global Commission. If you look at these questions, um, they would allude to three issues. 
the, the first category of the of, of questions would allude to the reasons for the establishment of the Commission on International of the African Union. Why was this commission established? Uh, the second category of these questions would allude to uh, as to what this Commission of International Law is actually supposed to do. And probably also the issue of synergy of this commission with the other bodies, now that it has been uh, established. So the main question here is, what is the mandate of the African Union Commission on International Law? The third category of questions alludes to the actual implementation of the mandate of the African Union Commission on International Law. And the main question here is, uh, what has the Commission on International Law achieved so far uh, since its establishment. Now, in the next part of my presentation, I'm going to try to address these questions one after the other. And I'll begin with the issue of reasons for the establishment of this commission. I'm glad to say that if one reads the preamble to the statute of the African Union Commission on International Law. It mentions uh, the following to be the reasons uh, as to why the African Union decided to establish this commission. Uh, the first was the realized need to have a body that would work on treaties. Treaties are an important aspect of international relations. And therefore, you know, it's an important thing to, to work on. The African Union has concluded a number of treaties. The second is the need to strengthen and consolidate the principles of international law and, if possible, to remain at the forefront in the development of international law. The third was the realized need to work towards maintaining standards in important areas of international law. Because international law is broad, then there are treaties. Now there comes the question of standards. Do we operate you know, with the same standards or we operate with different standards? So it was an area that uh, you know, uh, needed uh, attention. The fourth was the realized need to take stock, uh, stock of the contribution of the African Union, including uh, the contribution of the regional economic communities in advancing the codification of international law. Uh, this realization came from simple background that a lot is happening within the African continent and probably within you know, that which is happening in the continent, it contributes to develop international law, but it needs to be taken stock of. The fifth is the need to promote universal values and principles of international law in Africa take into consideration the historical and the cultural conditions of the continent. Again, the idea here is to assert the fact that uh, we have universal values, we have universal standards, and we need to implement these in the context of Africa. But probably in doing so, we have to take into consideration uh, the peculiarities and the peculiar situations that are obtaining in, the, in, the, in, in this continent. Uh, the sixth one was the need to promote the culture of respect for international norms and rules and to promote peaceful settlement uh, of disputes. Again, we are talking about uh, you know, standards, uh, norms that exist at the international sphere and to apply them at the, at the African continent. 
but maybe we'll focus on some of the challenges like the issue of uh, uh, settlement of disputes. The seventh uh, was the realized need to promote the value of research and dissemination of international uh, law. Essentially, uh, putting more emphasis on research, putting more emphasis on disseminating international law in uh, the African continent. And uh, the last, uh, the need to work towards the development and the codification of international law in the African continent. Uh, again, I think I've alluded myself partly to this issue. Uh, it's the question of um, looking at state practice in Africa and to ask whether that practice does not lead to certain patterns uh, you know, that develop some kind of customary international law in Africa. So taking st stock of that and, if possible, to codify. These were the needs uh, that were realized and that led to the African continent to make a decision to establish a commission on international law. Now the question is, when this commission was established, what mandate was it given? Again, if you went back to Article 2, Sub-Article 1 of the statute which establishes this commission, the main uh, mandate that was given to this commission was to function as and an advisory body of the African Union. And this is an independent advisory body of the Union. But then this function falls into five categories. The first part of that mandate is to work on uh, progressive development of international law in Africa. Essentially, this function consists mainly of carrying out studies on areas which have not yet been regulated by international law in the African continent or which have not been sufficiently developed in the practice of African states. So studying those areas and then uh, see on how uh, international law intervention can be made in, that, uh, in, in, in respect of those uh, uh, areas maybe in terms of drafting rules of international law or in terms of uh, trying to see which principles of international law could actually apply in respect of those areas. The second part of the mandate is to work on the codification of international law in Africa. Uh, essentially, this would consist of studying um, you know, state practice, precedent and doctrine in the African continent. And as I've said before, to see whether these are generating a certain pattern that would uh, be codified in terms of customary international law. So to look at what states are doing and whether there is generality of that practice across uh, you know, the continent of Africa. And just to assert that, I think, uh, look here, we already have uh, principles of customary international law. Or what we need to do now is uh, to take cognizance of this practice, and if possible, and if the need be, then we uh, propose a treaty or instrument that would codify this practice. The third part of the mandate is to contribute to the objectives and principles of the African uh, Union, and this uh, would essentially consist of carrying out studies on matters of interest to the African Union. So the African Union 
all its organs, all its member states, has a lot of issues uh, that it has interest on. And therefore, it might you know, need studies to be made, and specifically looking at the international law implications of those issues. But definitely, uh, the African Union has in mind as a priority you know, issues of promotion of peace and security, issues of demarcation and delineation of borders in Africa, issues relating to the political and social you know, integration of the African continent. And, and uh, the point is that all these processes um, have aspects of international law in it, or in, uh, in other words, international law uh, plays an important role in facilitating um, uh, these, uh, these issues. Um, the fourth part of the mandate um, is to work on the revision of treaties in Africa. And uh, essentially the purpose of undertaking the revision of treaties um, in Africa is to ensure that there is harmony uh, between these treaties. Harmony between these treaties among themselves. So you're talking about one treat against another treaty. So there is harmony between treaties. But then, uh, apart from that, to make sure that there is harmony between these treaties and developments uh, currently taking place. Um, the world is constantly changing. Also within the field of international law, there are constant changes. So the idea is that if you left treaties the way they are formulated, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, there would be potential conflict uh, between these treaties and the developments that are taking place, uh, not only in the world, but also within the African continent itself. And therefore, it would conflict, you know, with the prevailing uh, spirit uh, within the continent. So that's why there should be, you know, work of re revising these uh, treaties. Uh, the fifth part of the mandate is to promote the teaching, study, and dissemination of international law in Africa. And the, the, the main task here actually is to promote the appreciation of international law. Uh, to promote the fact that international law has an important role to play in everything. And therefore, you know, uh, it was thought viable to give this mandate to the Commission on International Law so that it would undertake activities for promoting the teaching, to promote the studying, to promoting research activities, uh, you know, uh, which have a bearing, you know, something to do with international law, and to actually disseminate uh, international law in Africa, again, by way of teaching, for example. Um, now, having looked at the mandate of the Commission on International Law, maybe now we'd want to briefly look at how this commission has implemented its mandate so far since its establishment, and especially since it started functioning. Uh, the commission started functioning formally uh, since 2010, and this is 2012, so it has you know, functioned or operated for about uh, two, uh, two years, from 2010 to 2012. The commission has been undertaking a number of studies, and I'll quickly uh, list those studies. The first is a study on the harmonization of ratification procedures in the African Union member states. So it's about the harmonizing the procedures for ratifying treaties in the member states. 
The second study is on the immunity of state officials under the statute of the International uh, Criminal Court. There have been discussions about immunity of state officials in foreign courts, but the aspect of immunity before the International Criminal Court uh, has not been explored sufficiently, even though the position of the international uh, the statute is clear. But member states felt that there is need to explore that further. The third one is a study on the revision of OEU treaties. This is about the jurisprudence, the prevailing jurisprudence that should be taken into consideration when reviewing treaties, all the standards which should be observed as we review treaties. The fourth one is a study on the juridical basis for reparations for slavery and other related matters inflicted on the African continent. Uh, slavery is a historical fact as far as the African continent is concerned, and there have been calls for reparation. But then the question is, what is the juridical basis? If at all, uh, there is to be uh, reparations. So that study is being undertaken. Then a study on the teaching, study, and dissemination of international law and African Union law. This study is just aimed at uh, um, uncovering the methodology, the proper methodology that the Commission should actually use uh, in trying to, you know, to, to promote the teaching, study, and dissemination of international law and African Union law. So what approaches, what methods, what methodologies, etc., etc. Um, the next one, the sixth, is a study on international environmental law in Africa. So this one is just aimed at uncovering uh, the developing jurisprudence as far as environmental law in Africa is concerned. Uh, the seventh one is the study on the crime of piracy in Africa. Piracy is a big problem, especially in the Horn of Africa, and there are so many issues uh, if you want to you know, bring piracy to justice. So the laws, the institutions, uh, logistics, and many other issues. This study is aimed at uncovering all those. Number eight is a study on the limitation and demarcation of uh, boundaries in Africa. And uh, the idea, again, is to come up with, um, you know, what should be the juridical solutions to the many border problems that we have in Africa, what solutions have been developed so far, uh, but what challenges are still lying ahead. Um, the other one is a study on working methods, competences, future programs of work, and strengthening the capacities of OSIL. This is essentially for internal consumption. Uh, uh, what methods, competences, programs, uh, structures that the Commission on International Law needs to put in place in order to operate uh, efficiently and to uh, discharge, you know, uh, to implement its mandate. Uh, there is also a study for purposes of developing a training curriculum and training package on African Union law and regional integration law in Africa to be used for teaching in African universities. Um, the idea is that we have a number of regional economic communities in Africa. They have developed jurisprudence. They have developed laws, and we need to teach um, students in Africa, specifically in African universities, about the law of these uh, regional economic communities. And therefore, to that end, we need to develop a training curriculum, and this curriculum must reflect on the laws that are there, 
and the jurisprudence that has been developed in those uh, regional communities. So this is uh, one of the works that uh, you know the Community of International Law, uh, Commission on International Law, is working on. We also have other activities that were given to us or we had to undertake as part of our mandate. First, to outline our rules of procedure, uh, but also in that line, we have been running uh, for a couple of years now a joint training program between the African Union Commission on International Law and the Codification Division of the United Nations Office for Legal Affairs you know, on international law in Africa. It's part of the collaborative uh, efforts uh, that uh, we've, you know, we've had between this commission and the United Nations. The other activity, um, you, we have been undertaking a number of collaborative and, collabor and, and cooperation activities uh, with the international bodies like the International Law Commission, the Inter-American Juridical Committee, and the International Committee of the Red Cross, and many other organizations are also showing interest in that regard. But an important activity, which we intend to make it our, our annual activity, is to organize a forum of experts of international law and African Union law, so that they can reflect about uh, you know, aspects of international law in Africa, but also you know, issues of African Union law, regional integration law, you know, such aspects of international law as they unfold in the African continent. And uh, we also envisage to publish, um, you know, jurisprudence on African Union law and regional integration law in Africa through publication of the uh, yearbook of the African Union Commission on International Law and the Journal of International Law. Um, I should also mention that uh, some of the activities were given to us uh, on ad hoc, ad hoc basis and uh, we tackled them and we addressed them as requested. And uh, the first in that uh, list was a uh, request to provide an opinion regarding the United Nations Security Council resolutions uh, number 1970 and number 1973 uh, with regard to Libya. This was done last year. We also requested uh, to prepare a model law in order to facilitate the domestication of the Kampara Convention uh, on internal, Internally Displaced Persons, uh, so that uh, you know it, it pro provides like a model uh, instrument to, to to facilitate or to assist member states to ratify the the Kampala Convention. That that task has been accomplished. Uh, we also ask you to prepare a definition for the crime of unconstitutional change of uh, government in Africa uh, because this is one of the crimes which uh, uh, is expected to fall under the jurisdiction of the African court uh, because there has been a decision to give the African court criminal jurisdiction so that it, it, it tries uh, criminal uh, matters. And uh, the issue of unconstitutional change of power uh, is just one of the crimes that have been proposed to fall under the jurisdiction of the court. This is just uh, one of the many crimes that have been proposed uh, to fall under the court. Otherwise, we have a number of future activities. There are many activities. 
And also we have a number of challenges that are facing the commission. Uh, but I would just conclude by saying that um, um, despite the challenges, the cha despite the hurdles, the, despite the problems that the Commission for International Law uh, has faced, uh, this, the, despite the pessimism sometimes, uh, you know, around some quarters, but I think uh, the decision to establish the Commission on International Law for the African Union was a noble one uh, because there are many... Uh, pertinent issues of international law within the African continent that the African Union Commission on International Law stands a very good chance uh, to address them. And I think uh, it will also help so much to develop international law in Africa, to promote uh, the respect for international law in Africa, uh, to promote the appreciation that there are international law standards which govern many aspects uh, of uh, you know daily lives within the African continent, be it uh, economic issues, political issues, governance issues, and even social issues. And also to make sure that the African continent matches with the rest of the world. Um, thank you so much, and um, I thank you uh, for listening.